Welcome to the Tibetan Blog of Living and Dying podcast, celebrating 20 years of the Tibetan Book of Living and Dying. In this final part of a three-part teaching on the art of happiness, Sogya Rinpoche explains how the life we lead determines how we will face death, and he gives precious advice for the moment of death from the great Buddhist master, Padmasambhava. Well, the thing is, two things count when you die. How you've lived. In fact, research has shown people actually die as they've lived. So, so if you want to die a peaceful death, you have to live a peaceful life. And the other thing that's most important is the state of mind. Because the state of mind, you die, can have the immediate, have a very powerful impact on your immediate future. Even though you don't, how do you say, all your karma, you know, is never wasted anyway, but the immediate state of mind affects. So that's why really, actually, let's say, okay, let's say first from a spiritual point of view, First, let me do essentially. So that really the essential advice all the great masters used to give, it actually also by the Guru Mbutsi Padmasambhava, who is, you can say, the author of the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the source of these teachings and the part of the teachings. He said the advice for the moment of death, he said, now when the moment of, par- moment of death dawns upon me, part of the moment of death dawns upon me, I will abandon grasping and attachment and undistracted into the clear awareness teaching and eject my consciousness into the space of unborn mind, unborn rikpa, and as I leave this compound body of flesh and blood, I'll know to be transillusion. So that, put it simply, is like this. So when you die, you need to let go of attachment aversion because it doesn't work anyway. And keep your heart and mind pure. Pure. Compound? And unite your mind with the wisdom mind of the Buddhas. If you're a practitioner with the, with the mind of Christ, with the mind of God, whatever, from a Buddhist point of view, with the, with the wisdom mind of the Buddha, tradition is Buddha Amitabha. You understand? So, unite your mind with the mind of the Buddhas. That actually poor, essentially. And then, rest in the nature of mind. Let go of attachment aversion. Keep your heart and mind pure. Unite your mind with the wisdom mind of the Buddhas and rest in the nature of mind. Please focus. Because also what is very, very amazing from a spiritual point of view when you die, not only your body dies, good thing your mind dies also. 
your negative aspect, all the negative emotions die. All the 81 thoughts, emotions which are related to the three poisons die. And there comes a moment when you're completely free of all the things. And you really see, how do you say, a moment where you experience your fundamental in the fundamental innate mind of clay light. Or in the teaching something on the ground luminosity. But that clear light is always present in life anyway. Also when you meditate also. Actually when you meditate, it's like you're dying also. Same thing. When you meditate, when you really, when your meditation is successful, like they can come experience, when you experience, you see, clarity, sign that anger has died. When you experience bliss, sign that Grasping is the desires died. When you experience the absence of thoughts, it's a sign that ignorance died. See? Same thing, but on a more smaller scale. And then, but again, even though you have these three experiences, bliss, clarity, wonderful, but the trouble is if you get attached to it, say, yummy, yum, yum. You grasp, then it will be cause of further traps. The really key point about experience is never become attached. If it's a, if it's if you have no attachment to experience, then if it is good, it will remain good anyway. If it's bad, because you're not attached it will, in fact, you see, because of your not attaching to the bad experience, not only it will overcome the bad experience, but you can actually gain merit. Clear? And so you see, so at the moment of death, you see, actually, that's why in this life, we should really practice. If you practice through meditation, when we really overcome our ordinary mind and really experience at the end of meditation the, a state of the clay light, the nature mind. Particularly in the Tibetan Buddha tradition, there's a very important, the key thing lies in the introduction nature mind. You're recognizing the ultimate nature, which the master introduces, which you recognize. Which is really the ultimate vipassana from the Vajan point of view, Dzogchen point of view, is that the introduction nature mind, after the investigation. And when you recognize that, that clear light, then if you're familiar with it, then when you die, when your thinking ego mind dies, into the state of enlightenment, then it's like, you know, it's like child running into his mother's lap. Because you recognize it. You recognize you entered naturally as child hunting with the mother lap. Then liberation takes place. Even though that, 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 how do you say, that potential of that, you see, everything, that, that, that enlightenment is there for everyone. But it stays very short time. But then when we practice it, it actually slows down. That's why sometimes great practitioners, 
sometimes in the Tibetan tradition, they, after they die, even they're clinically dead, they would actually stay in meditation for several days. In fact, in the foreword to my book, he's only Dalai Lama speaks about that. So that's the, really the Yonsan. Yonsan? So whole point of meditation is when you reach, as Melarepa said, in horror of death, I took to the mountains. What did you realize? The deathless, unending nature, not? And it is, as you said, in the, the very famous uh, homage to Pajan Paramita. In Tibet, beyond words, beyond thoughts, beyond description, Pajan Paramita. Unborn, unceasing, scarlet nature. Yet it can be realized. I remember Dujuma which used to say, if mind is empty, who realizes emptiness? It's the cognizant nature or the wisdom of discernment. So so rang It is not just empty. It is it is it nature is cognizant. Therefore it doesn't fall into the limitation of nihilism. In fact, there's a wonderful saying, real shunyata, really actual free of permanence and non-existence. Because if you examine everything, see, trouble with us, because something exists, we think it's permanent. That's the problem. But if you break down, like science have shown, that if you break down matter, Previously, they thought was atom. That even doesn't exist now. It's a field of energy. So it is not. It is not permanent. But then, if you say, then it is completely non-existing. It is nothing. That's not true either. Table is here. You can see it. I can see. It. So there is nothing called table that is permanent existing. You understand? But then you say, how does this come about? Because of many causes and conditions. Because of interdependence. Interdependence brings about manifestation. It's like saying, form is emptiness, emptiness form. When you examine the form, it's empty. But yet out of emptiness, everything manifests. It's really not emptiness. In the Zen, it's not emptiness, but fullness. You understand? So when you realize that, then it gives you that, how do you say, that courage the Melarepa speaks about. Then you become beyond birth and death. You realize the deathless, the nature of your mind. Then you come. That's our supreme practitioner. When you or she, that's it. But whereas an uh, ordinary practitioner, I remember a great aunt of mine, I tell you the story and then we'll finish. Uh, my great aunt, her name was Aniruru. It's like Kalurumbuchi, 
Kalu. In our province, we come from the same area, Kalu Rumbachi. We always put Lu to the first name. It's a kind of affection name. Anyway, um, also Kalu Rumbachi is my uncle, actually. Very unuseful information. And in fact, his brother, his name was also Sogyal, the same as me. Delivered me when I was born. He was a great doctor. Rata Sogyal was his name. Anyway, anyway, so the thing is this, that this, uh, this great aunt of mine, she practiced whole life. She made many great, you know, masters. So whenever she was dying, she died also very peacefully. She's also quite passive. There are two sisters. One very dynamically active. She died very dramatically. Others quite passive in this thing. She also did. Both, both a wonderful death. Anyway, so when she was dying, the hundred sitting children, this great woman master, whose voice you heard over the this thing, she saw the signs of the dissolution. Immediately called this great master called Dutrupchenamchit to come and do, to do poa. So in our family, we had an old man called Ape Doji, who was like my father. Second father, he brought me from childhood. He was a wonderful man, man of really pure gold. So he came to her room because Anirulu was going in and out. She was still conscious. She shouted, Anirulu! She opened up. He said, my dear girl, you've been so lucky. You met so many great masters. Not only that, you received teaching from them. Not only that, you have time to practice. But now, don't fail. Be, be a true girl. Take the most important teaching that your master has given for the moment of death. Keep that in mind. Don't worry about us. We'll be fine. I'm going shopping now, so probably I won't see you. So, goodbye. Then I need to smile back. So that's why Padma Sambhava's advice, four lines. At the moment of death, he said, abandon grasping and attachment. And and the next thing is enter understand into the clear way of teaching. Now that if you're a supreme practitioner in the nature of mind, sometimes a great meditation you can call, sir, the ground luminosity is down downing, enter into Whereas for ordinary practitioners, then like Ape Doji reminded Anirulu, the most important teaching your master is given. You understand? And then, what you do, if you really are able to enter into nature mind, that's the supreme, there's no power necessary. That's called Dharmakaya power. But if not, then you invoke the Buddha, who is the embodiment of Dharmakaya, who is the embodiment of all the Buddha's masters. You invoke. And then you unite the mind and heart with him. And rest in the nature of his being. That's like the essential power. Really, main thing is uniting your mind to wisdom. Really, wisdom mind of the Buddhas. Particularly, remember Gandhi in the movie when he was shot? Or movie was, but in real life when he was shot. 
immediately said, Ram Ram. It's like that for him is the embodiment of truth. It's like at the, when you die, you just surrender your mind into the wisdom mind of the Buddha. That's power. But you should practice that in every day, in what is called through the practice of Guru Yoga. Uniting your mind with the wisdom mind of both Buddhas. And really, you understand? Like when you do uh, um, uh, GNSE practice, or, uh, you know, uh, uh, you just really, you, you say, you invoke, you see? Bit of compassion. Same as like His Holiness, you know? Same as all your masters invoke. If you say, Om Mani when you say, Om Mani you pray. Why? You pray that all the negative emotions, six, that in the mind and heart of all beings, which are the cause of suffering, cause of being born in the samsara, be purified. And you pray, Om Mani And at the end of that, you receive the blessing of Avalokiteshvara. And Avalokiteshvara dissolves into you. Or, for example, through the purification, you dissolve into light. Dingu Kensram, which you used to say, so when you do poa like that, it's good, he said, that you consider your whole body dissolving, or when you think of somebody who died, consider their whole being dissolving to light. Because this body is connected with the past life, past karma. When you consider your body dissolving to light, create the auspicious interdependence of purifying all your karma. So you consider your body dissolving to light. Now the body of light dissolves, becomes one with, with Buddha. And then rest in the nature mind. And make aspiration prayers, do dedication. Is that clear? And that you should do when you're visiting dying friends. Not only dying friends, living. This is not, this is not going to kill anybody. If anything, it's going to make them live longer. To put it simply, when you have sick person, dying person, for you every day, you know? Because like, for example, Papa Chandra Sevalokishura, you see? Yeah, you invoke in the sky before you. Or that can be also Amitabha, or Tara, or Gurumbachya, or whatever. Whatever for you is the embodiment truth. But it's very important. It's very important, my master, he always says, all the Buddhas and wisdom nature one. If you realize that, then if you book Amitabha or Avalokiteshvara and consider them as being the embodiment of all the Buddhas, and then you practice, then not only you receive the blessing of Avalokiteshvara, Amitabha, you receive the blessing of every, all the Buddhas. You understand? So you consider all the Buddhas and wisdom nature one. Jarvatamji heal on the cheek. And same as your masters. All your masters can be. Can be Zolinus, the Dalai Lama. Can be Kalurambache, Sakyatin, I don't know, Kenzurambache, wherever. All one. Like for me, when I think of all my masters embodied in Gurumbache, who for me is my ultimate refuge. And when you invoke really very strongly, either for yourself 
for the dying, for the sick, from the depth of your heart, please purify all my negative emotions, negative karma, and destructive emotions. And when you really practice that, and then invoke, as you say, and invoke through the heart essence, the mantra like Om Mahom Banzangrupe Masidam, in the case of Guru Mbache, or Om Manipe Mehu, in the case of Papa Chenesi, and when you do that, and then slowly you consider that Buddhas are moved by your compassion, by your, by your prayer, and that from their heart tremendous rays of light, of blessing, of love, wisdom, compassion comes, and then it touches you, and you're, you're really, how do you say, you, I mean, traditionally you can go through the rays of light, forehead, throat, heart, receive the blessing of the body, speech, and mind, transforming your ordinary body, speech, and mind into the, that of the Buddhas. And finally, Guru Mbachi dissolving to you, or Avalokitesha dissolving to you, that piece of time also, or you dissolving to them, both the same. In the case earlier I mentioned, the, the blessing come, you or the dying person, or the deceased, or the sick, dissolve into light, and then become one with Buddha, and then rest in the nature. Is that clear? That is the most important thing. So, that's it. And then when you take care of people, very important thing is love them. Love them. Love them. Love them. Particularly, particularly, if suppose it's like your father or mother or somebody who with whom, like a husband or somebody with you have a long history of suffering, don't see them as your father, mother, husband. See them as another you. Just like you, they want happiness, they don't want suffering. If you really consider them, them as another you, and see what would you like if you were in her or his position, and that will open your heart. And that's the beginning of the lojong, the lojong, from Shanti Devas, you know, in the in the training of the in the precept of Buddhist aspiration. but to consider oneself same as others. That's the first step. Considering others same as yourself, suddenly you begin to share that cherishment. Then, if you over, if you can progress through the training. Then you can begin to exchange yourself with others and the practice of Tonglen. I know that uh, many people found in the Tibetan Book of Living there, chapter 12 to be the most important one for them, which is the one on Tonglen, anyway. And so that very much, in fact, when great Bodhisattvas, when they die, with the last in-breath, they take all the suffering of the world with the with the last outbreath, they give the last inbreath, they take all the suffering of the bit with compassion. With the last outbreath, with love, they give their all happiness and well-being to others. Thank you very much. You understand?
And then you see, finally, is that when you, you see, when you really kind of like that, you see, uh, when you really through the practice of training of the mind, you really, you can beyond your smallness, you know, and you can really love them. Love, and love is the most important. When you love them, then can free people from fear of death, fear of unknown. Because you can tell them, I don't know. You see, when you, if you're with them, you, it's like, put it this way. If you give somebody the full love, they're completely satisfied, then they can die in peace. And you can tell them, I love you, but I also, not only I love you, my love will always be with you. And so that uh, even though I do not where you're going to go, but my, my love is always with you. And go in peace. Go in love, you see? If you do like that, if you do like that, and not just say it then when they die, but always, you see, whenever you think of them, instead of just grieving, you practice. Each time you think of them, love them. Invoke the Buddha, do this practice. And then also, you see, when you practice, what's amazing, when you invoke the Buddhas, you see, that it's like as if your love is infused with the love of Buddhas. And you become like the ambassador. To love, you see. And also, particularly, when you, through meditation, when you really do the, uh, the nature of mind, then love is even more profound. The compassion is more profound. And then it can really, I saw it quite extraordinarily, it can really transform the atmosphere. It can really free people from anxiety of fear and help them to let go of attachment and aversion and keep them in their hearts and mind pure and help them to unite with the wisdom mind of the Buddhas and rest in the nature of our mind. That's it. Thank you. We, we were a little bit long. But because it's important to complete it. So that's why. And Maxi Buku, thank you for your patience. So thank you so much. Maxi Buku. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast of the Tibetan blog of Living and Dying. For more teachings, articles, and discussions about the Tibetan Book of Living and Dying, visit the Tibetan Blog of Living and Dying at www.living-and-dying.org.